Welcome, everyone, to Season 2 of Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast. We're so excited to be back. I'm John Lee, joined, as always, by Josh Morgan, Sam Kastner, Michael Black, and we're starting Season 2 with a bang. We got Kevin Paredes on the show to kick things off. Kevin, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's good to be back. I love doing these. Yeah, we're so excited <laughs> to have you. How, how are you and your family doing, and, and how's the off-season been? Yeah, the my, me and my family were doing very good. Um, off season was a good long off season to get, you know, some of my weakness back up, you know, getting stronger, you know, making sure that I'm getting ready for the season coming up. Yeah, Kevin, you had a pretty crazy 2020 season, you know, with COVID and, you know, really starting to make your mark on the team. What are you going to remember most about last season? Uh, I'm going to remember most. I think, I think all the experience that I gained from last year um, that is going to, you know, bring on to this season. I think that first season was uh, a learning season. And I think the second one is where I'm going to really uh, display and show what I really got, uh, be more comfortable, create more chances, score more goals. I think the season's going to really be, you know, a season where I really impact the team a lot. Yeah, that's great to hear, and we're super excited for your for your second season. But going back to the first season, I have a particular favorite Kevin Paredes moment. It's down in Atlanta for, with the first assist. Is that your favorite moment, or is it different? That's definitely my favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> definitely my favorite moment. Walk us through that moment. Yeah, um, get subbed on second half uh, against a tough Atlanta team. But uh, my job was pretty much to go in and make the outside back miserable. That's That was my <laughs> instruction, and that's what I did. Um, uh, defended a lot, attacked a lot, created some chances. Um, I remember when we were 1-0 down, uh, up, I mean, uh, when, before they got the goal, you know, with, with such, like, little people in the, in the stands, it was kind of hard to hear some instructions <laughs> from my teammates. So uh, before their um, – outside back got the cross in for their goal Yamil was yelling at me to you know close him down quicker uh but I didn't hear the instructions so he got the cross off and yeah they got the goal and <laughs> I kind of felt the the little little pressure from Yamil afterwards and but I brushed that off and when I got to that chance on on the wing against the outside back I you know it was it was more instinct than you know thinking <laughs> about anything got the ball chipped it over him um it, it was two players. I saw Rivas and I saw you. I, I picked, I, I split it and picked it down the middle. <laughs> One of them got it, and hey, it went back to the net. So I was, I was grateful for Rivas to you know pick that out for me. Do, do you remember the sound in, in the building after that happened? That had to have been a little bit of shock from the crowd, but excitement from it. Yeah, I heard straight silence from the crowd. <laughs> uh, I heard it was it was a great moment, great feeling for me and the team. Glad we got the three points at the end. Uh, yeah, but that moment, I to this day I still go back and watch that moment every day. <laughs> That's awesome. The, the joy of away days. <laughs> <laughs> so, l- looking forward to to the twenty twenty one season, which will hopefully bring back fans uh, down the mm-hmm. road. But off season workouts have have officially begun. H- mm-hmm. How exciting is it for for you to just be back with the guys and and, and getting to work already? Yeah, it's great feeling. I miss being with the guys. Haven't been on the pitch yet. Still dealing with a couple couple injuries I'm getting back with. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see everyone back to work. 
I see while I'm watching training, I'm seeing a lot of – I'm not seeing much rust from the players. I see I see players that I took the offseason very serious and um, really excited for that. It's just going to give me more more uh, competition getting back and I'm willing to fight for any spot. Love to hear it. And, you know, great, great to hear that y'all are focused on moving forward this season. How is it different coming in this year now that you've already kind of been through the process once you've, you've done a, a preseason camp, you've been through a season, you talked a little bit about mentality, but like, how does it change for you? Uh, you're coming in as a, a second year veteran now. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm gonna. It, it was it was a great first season. I think, I think I got a little bit more exposure than I was thinking uh, from the start of it. Uh, meaning like more minutes, more time on the field, all of that. I got a lot more exposure than I thought it was, but I think that really helped me throughout this off season, thinking and um, thinking what what statement I want to put in this season. Um, I want to be more of a you know, attacking player, a player that's a lot more dangerous in the in attacking third. I want to get goals. Definitely, I want to get a lot of goals. There's never been a season where I've not scored. So last season, was, uh, last season was a little, <laughs> a little iffy for me. But um, you know, like I said, I want, I want goals. I want assists. I want, I want a lot of things uh, for me this season. But anywhere where coach wants me to put me, defensive, attacking, I'm, I'm willing to put everything I got for the team. So have you talked to him about what role you expect to fill this season or just really focusing on getting back out there? Yeah, we, we had two conversations. One, he always on me about getting back, getting healthy. That's really uh, our main focus right now. But yeah, we did have a couple conversations about position wise and he sees me as a, a wing back, uh, a wing back that's more attacking. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about defending as much, but I'll still do the defensive rules uh like always but he he really sees the attacking side of me and which I love a lot I love attacking I love uh like I said making players look silly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I love to do so yeah really excited and for this new 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 role of attacking wasn't much uh, a defensive player but if if I have to do the defending I'll definitely do it yeah yeah, and, uh, and talking about the, a new coach coming in, like each tr- coach tries to bring their own culture and maybe atmosphere to a club. Have you started to see that with Hernan Lasada, or, or what's that transition been like? Yeah, I, I can definitely see some differences. Um, more, I wouldn't say more rules, but more, more responsibility. I think more. It's more strict to the point. It's get your stuff done quick and and keep moving. That's what I've seen so far, which. You know, I like a lot. Everything's more structured, I, I believe. And I see a, t- a team that's more, I wouldn't say more focused, but more in tuned yeah. uh, these past couple of days, which I really like to see. Awesome. Um, yeah, so can you talk a little bit more about kind of what the overall attitude has been like going into this season? Um, I mean, we don't want to harp on it, but the last 15 minutes last season were just brutal. So what's the mentality kind of moving forward into 2021? Yeah, I think, I think some of us still have that last game in mind. Um, That last, you know, like you said, 15, 20 minutes where we couldn't have that playoff spot. Unfortunately didn't happen. I think a lot of us are a lot hungrier than, Mm -hmm. um, than usual, which 
it's scary sights for teams coming up, I think. Um, yeah, we, we really want this. I think um, players are really getting more comfortable with each other. Um, these, yeah, these first couple games, uh, I think we're going to come with something different and something something more more fun to watch, I think. Yeah, now, you know, last year was your first year with DC United, and, and unfortunately fans couldn't be in the stands except for those two games at the beginning of the year. What, how are you feeling about playing in front of, you know, maybe towards the end of the year, more fans in Audi Field? For me, it's going to be a, a really strange, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about it because the whole season, all my life, I played without fans. So <laughs> playing, playing, playing this year was was simple. It was it was it was much more comfortable. But um, playing with fans, I'm excited. I want to see like that this year and all that. But the screaming, the, all that, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually doing the one screaming. Oh. Yeah, I'm 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 usually doing the one screaming. Um, uh, during the, in in the stand, so people screaming at me, <laughs> chants, all that. I'm not. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I don't think I'm necessarily ready, ready for it. Uh, Just picture that first goal at Audi Field oh, with man. fans right in front of the supporters <laughs> section. You'll never want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mean, yeah. Speaking of kind of your history of playing with DC United, um, they just signed another academy player, Jacob green um so do you have any experience do you know jacob yeah that's that's been my guy since you 13 to you 14 <laughs> so me and jacob have a uh really tight bond we we dance we laugh we we do <laughs> we're basically the same uh, I would say. <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, we're joke serious i guess uh, throughout the whole academy so it's nice to see jacob in the squad with us uh, i got someone that you know played with throughout all my academy years so very very happy for him very um grateful that he's on the team and he like i said he really deserves it that's awesome have you kind of been talking to him about what to expect and giving him advice you know now that you're a two-year vet (laughs) (laughs) yeah he 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 basically knows what to expect he's trained with us plenty of times during uh last season so Mm -hmm. um last season where he was you know with the team integrating with us and then I can really see the confidence from him uh, these past couple of weeks. He's been in the off-season training, um, weightlifting and all of that, so he's taking this season very uh, seriously. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he, he, he's a player to watch as well. We're live with DC United's Kevin Paredes here on Tried and True. And if you've got questions for him, go ahead and shoot him in the YouTube chat or tweet him at us using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. Uh, Kevin, ground has been broken on the new training ground out in Loudoun, which we're all super excited to, to see at some point and hear all the stories from from the squad. But have you had a chance to see it yet? And, and are you looking forward to you know breaking into a new facility later this year? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, even though that's like my background. That's like 20 minutes from, my, from me. But all the commute is going to be great. <laughs> the commute is going to be amazing. I don't have to wake up at like 5.45 in the morning to travel down to D.C., but um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm glad that no, for personally for myself, I'm glad we're <laughs> much, much, much closer. Um, uh, but for the other guys, like the Maryland guys, the DC guys, it might be a little commute for them. I don't know if they <laughs> necessarily like it, but I know some guys are. You know, uh, I talk to Chris a lot. I talk to Donnie a lot. Maybe getting new spots. Um, 
towards, you know, kind of splitting down the middle of DC and Loudoun. So for myself, I'm, I'm fine with it. To be honest, <laughs> you know? I'm really grateful for it. Did you say you had a chance to be out there yet or have they uh, not brought you out to see the uh, construction? No, they haven't. They haven't brought us down to see them construct. I mean, I can go anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go, but yeah, no, I haven't gone yet. Uh, I guess it's a, a lot of dirt right now. <laughs> uh, so you were talking a little bit about how uh, you know the coaching staffs talked to you about playing that wingback role and really playing a role in the attack. Uh, you know, with all the things changing up, you know, is that where you want to play? You know, if if you were coach for a day, you had whatever personnel you had, you could to fill out the roster where would you put yourself on the field if we we're playing a, a formation with the right wing spot that's definitely my you know most comfortable position but I see myself as that wing back because I feel like I'm growing into the game of you know going forward uh and then helping back in the defense I think I really um you know, like I said, before in the academies, I didn't really defend much. So it, was, it was kind of my first year, like, defending. And it was, even though I didn't like defending much, that was actually kind of fun to, you know, get into scrappy tackles, getting some. I've never won a header in my life, so I don't know how I got a couple <laughs> headers. So I got a couple headers out of nowhere. Um, so it was kind of fun to play. Um, I would say it was really fun to play that position to, you know, go up to the attack, but still have the responsibility to defend against, you know, some talented wingers and, uh, I would say I, I did I did decent in a couple uh, couple of times I played uh, wing back, and I just need to grow my defensive game a lot more. Yeah, Kevin, one of my co-hosts has snuck in this question about FIFA because uh, a year ago we played in the final of a fan tournament. And, and the first half, I think it was tied. That's where I'm going to end the story. Uh, whatever happened after that, I don't remember. But uh, have you gotten a chance to play over the off season? You've been grinding yeah. on foot? <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, I, I'm not going to ask for a rematch then. <laughs> uh, I think you still hold the belt as best FIFA player on DC United until further notice. Yeah. I mean, hey, whenever you're ready for a rematch, you know I'm here. I'm ready for it. Noted. I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have our final question. Um, it's the same question we kind of ask everyone. Um, last time we asked you to pitch um, why you sh- someone should get your last name on the back of a jersey. It clearly worked with Joshua because I think you promised us an MLS Cup at some point. Um, I definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> definitely did. So just wondering if you have anything to add. You know, I'm sure Joshua's looking at that new white marble kit, potentially, um, you know, wanting to get that. So do you do you have a new pitch for someone looking to get a new jersey? I'm going to keep this one short and simple. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to keep this one short and simple. I'm coming different this year. That's it. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. And I heard a lot of talk about goals and assists. <laughs> I love it, Kevin. I'm, I'm so excited to see you this year. Hopefully at Audi Field at some point, we'll, you'll be there cheering you on. And it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And, and best of luck with the continued recovery. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. It's fun. Absolutely. It's DC United's Kevin Paredes, and we'll be right back here on Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast, presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes. Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Cast the morning after the match.
Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag TriedAndTrueDCU or email us at TriedAndTrueDCU at gmail.com. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Welcome back to Try True. Season two is officially underway, and God, I love having Kevin on the show. He's just such a joy to talk to, and he's so so focused this season. It's man, he it sounded like he's out for blood this year, and I can't wait. I know. I'm obviously a big Kevin fan. I'm so excited. It sounds like he is just more focused, and I don't think he ever really had a confidence issue. But I think that you know he had. So many great moments last season to back it up. And um, from everything we've heard from Losada and then kind of hearing Kevin and the conversations they've had, it sounds like he's um, also really willing to to develop Kevin and give him a shot on the team. So I expect a lot. Yeah, I don't want to read too far into Kevin's comments, but there's some nuggets of information that came through that conversation. <laughs> I might have to go back through it and listen a few times. Well, I wasn't surprised to hear wing back is yeah. potentially where he's going to be playing, which which kind of fits into the mold of what we think we're going to see out of a Hernando Sada style. Um, and I don't know, guys. I remember saying last year a couple of times, I thought Kevin looked good at wing back. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it was funny hearing him kind of talk about how he doesn't like playing defense. Um, but, I mean, I, I think, you know, from the style it's going to be, it's almost kind of defense – in your like offensive half so um you know it's not like the gritty defense in your own box having to win those headers that was a funny joke you made too Um, i don't think i want a header in my life (laughs) (laughs) me neither (laughs) Uh, but yeah it was super cool and and let's be honest Go ahead, yeah, if any of us ever scored an MLS goal, we would watch it every day too. So. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's great to hear that he's so building on that success there. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm Sam. I'm glad you got the question and in. Coming, uh, and coming into this year, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I'm glad we got the question in about uh, Jacob Green a little bit because he was like, "Yeah, he's, he's basically another me," and I was like. Oh boy, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm sure you're texting saying, "I'm like, okay, so for our next guest, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we need to hear from Jacob if he's another Kevin." It's always a fun interview. 
Well, speaking of wingbacks, I guess we should talk about some player movement with DC United. And uh, as, as Joshua has the, the Paredes jersey on, I'm wearing the Paul Areola jersey, who's currently not on the active roster as he went out on loan to Swansea City. Um, but the good news, at least for the short term, is there was not an option to buy in the initial contract. And DC United has the ability to recall him um, by May 4th don't necessarily see a recall happening in my opinion i think he'll probably at least play out the the season with with swansea but as far as i've seen so far he hasn't had a ton of minutes and so you know steve goff had an interesting interview with him a couple weeks ago and that's uh, that was in the post and i, I don't know it, it sounds like paul's having a tough time just trying to figure out like am i gonna stay am i gonna go back to dc he liked dc he'd love the opportunity to play in europe but it's just kind of a you know torn kind of situation for him which uh is at least from my perspective how a lot of us feel too we're excited <laughs> about the opportunity for paul but like we need him to come home soon <laughs> well i think um i mean I'm, I'm not as familiar with swansea but i think i was listening to the total soccer show and they were talking about um how their um right wing back is like that yeah very he's, good he's yeah they're, they're right starter. and they're left yeah so yeah. they were saying that it's going to be extraordinarily hard for paul to even like break into that position um, so whereas the, the Jordan Morris move, obviously like pre knee injury, which is, yeah, just heartbreaking. Um, but even more heartbreaking, so I'm about to say, I think everyone thought that move was really going to lead to something permanent where I've kind of seen that, um, for Paul, the thought is that, you know, unless God forbid another injury happens to someone on Swansea's first team and like he has a, a larger role to fill that this is kind of just him getting back into soccer after coming off of his own knee injury. Um, but a lot of expectations are that we're going to see him back. Um, obviously, we'd love for Paul to just go like ball out in Europe, right? <laughs> and then um, really show great things. Um, but that's that's kind of what I've been seeing from reporters is that's kind of the speculation about how this move is going to end. Yeah, I I'm happy with it. I think I, I'm happy with it. If, you know, he could do the whole Landon Donovan thing, like in the offseason, go on loan to Everton or Bayern Munich and just play a little bit there and then come back and play for DC. Uh, I'm happy as it is. We'll see how it ends up, though. Well, I think you made a good point in talking about, you know, this is a chance for him to get game minutes. You know, I, I don't expect that the loan will end up recalling him at the beginning of May like that. I think it will, you know, either run its course or they'll buy him or what have you. But remember, he only got one actual game in last year, uh, coming in as a sub. You know, and this is a great opportunity for him to play. I'm really happy to see that pipeline to Swansea paying off. You know, having the the ownership connections there. You know, and really having an opportunity for him to shine. On uh, you know, I think you're right that it's going to be tough for him to, to get in there and get uh, on the field. But at least there's an opportunity. Uh, so definitely some room for excitement there. Yeah, he, he should really come back in mid-season form. I mean, even if he's not getting a ton of minutes, just the, the, the fitness you build from, from mid-season training, I think is going to have him ahead of the rest of the team in, or you know, kind of just with him, depending on when he comes back. But looking at the championship table right now, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. So while they have two games in hand, um, so they're by no means out of the hunt for um, – 
for an automatic promotion, which is probably the most ideal situation <laughs> for for DC United fans because we'll have answers quicker or we'll have Paul back quicker. Um, probably don't want to end up in the playoff scenario, which could, and, and with um, the talks of reopening in the UK, they're talking about potentially bumping those back a week or two to allow the two-legged first round to have you know fans for both teams, which would potentially prolong Paul's loan deal even longer. Um, so I think at this point I've settled on very much rooting for Swansea to get the automatic promotion, but for Paul to just really not like the UK and <laughs> want to come home, you know, like successful loan deal, but just not for him. Like that would be my ideal situation. <laughs> you keep hoping for that one. <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Yeah, we'll have to talk to our friends about uh, the appeal of living in Wales. Uh, I don't really see it, but... Um... <laughs> Go figure. Uh, and you know, it, it is tough because as a player like Paul, who would be you know, really one of your talisman on this team, uh, to not be able to be here during the preseason and the lead up with a new coach, it's it's a struggle, I'm sure. But at the same time, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that Lasada has seen what Paul can do and has a very strong idea of how he's going to slot into the roster if and when he does come back from that line. My money's on wing back. <laughs> Got a lot of wingbacks. All yeah. of the wingbacks. In other roster news, uh, Felipe is back for a, another year, one-year deal with a one-year option. And, of course, that's him coming off of the, the ACL that seems to be biting a lot of folks uh, <laughs> this, this crazy year. Um, but I'm, I'm personally excited. I think Felipe, as we've talked a little bit before, has kind of emerged as a, as a big voice in the locker room. And uh, I'll, I'll hesitate to say fan favorite just yet, but he's definitely winning over entire swaths of the fan base. Um, and, and I think he's the kind of guy that I don't know. He he could be fun to watch in a in a Lasada style. I'm super excited. I mean, I said it when we did our I guess our season review, or we were looking ahead. I don't remember which show, but um, I think he can definitely kind of forge a, a pretty important spot on this team. Um, I think he has, uh, you know, that gritty mentality that DC United needs. Um, but. And I think he he loves it here, and he's done a lot to win the fan base over. Um, so he won me over. I know not everyone is necessarily on board, but um, I think you're right. I think more people are. Yeah, I, I think it'll be important, especially, uh, I don't know if we have confirmation, though, but like a 5-3-2 or, or whatever, those those midfielders really stand out because you're, you're counting on them to, you know, track back and help on the defense still, but also they, they move the attack. Uh, and so Felipe can play, uh, I mean, in a normal, or in different formations, he can play D-mid all the way to maybe like a pseudo 10. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see him apply his skills maybe with a little bit more freedom um, because there are, there's less winger help. Yeah. And when you're playing so high up the field, you know, you're really susceptible to counterattacks, but he's not afraid to get in the middle and really like stick into that challenge. <laughs> we um, all know I that. think, yeah, <laughs> for better wow. or worse. But that I think that we can. heard uh, Felipe's style described. He's not afraid to get stuck into that challenge. Yeah. But I think um, that'd be helpful. Yeah. You know, I, I think we, we, we talked about it at the end of the season. I think, you know, we're all happy to see him back in some role obviously there's going to be uh recovery from that injury what he's doing uh, you know, he's gone through a lot of different changes a lot of different teams and you know, we'll see how he, he slots in here uh in this new system yeah and one other uh re-signing that was significant for dc united uh chris Duya chim 
I'm still convinced it's Chris Duyashim, <laughs> but I would like to have him on the show and get the proper pronunciation. <laughs> Dave Johnson and I are fighting over that. <laughs> Does he know um, that? Or any... <laughs> I don't think he knows that. I haven't okay. let him know yet. I haven't, I haven't accidentally butt-dialed him lately. That's a story for another <laughs> show. But, uh, <laughs> COA is coming back uh, on a two-year deal with another one-year option on that one. and, uh, and uh, Another exciting option, <laughs> potentially another exciting wingback option or, or if we morph into more of a defensive you know back five then I, I think that's going to fit him well and young talent I think the ceiling's still pretty high on him yeah we haven't got a full year in review for COA because you know he, he beat cancer while he was a DC United player um, it's interesting because like you said that 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 right wingbacks position we have so many players that could play there um, we don't have a lot of right backs um, so, so that'll be interesting. Um, but, but Gressel, Paredes, those guys can fill in. Uh, so COA is a good player and he's, he's in that mix. I'm, uh, I'm happy to have him back. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to see him get some like quality time and <laughs> see how he develops. Cause he's, he's still so young. I feel like we've been talking about him as a part of the DC United picture for a while now. Um, but he's, he's still really young, so he's still got a lot of time. Sure. And yeah, and with being a young player, you know, it's not a contract that's going to to break the bank by any means. You know, we've got plenty of roster spots. He's a U.S. international or U.S. Uh, national. There's really no downside to bringing him back. I'm glad they were able to work it out. Yeah, I'm just thinking the the scary part of having so many of these uh, potential wingback players. I think back to the beginning of last season, we were like, how are we going to get all of these midfielders minutes? And then they went down one by one by one. <laughs> and so I hope that we have a very different uh, injury outlook of this season. We certainly got bit real bad last year. But I, I think with the the aggression and the um, just the the style that Losada wants to play, I think rotation is going to be key. And so I, I could see different squads coming out, you know, quite a bit to keep folks fresh especially if we end up in in crazy fixture congestions with a with a potentially condensed season um again and, but in that realm o'neill fisher obviously is no longer with East united he signed with the galaxy as a free agent so that that's one less piece you've got to fit into the puzzle there yeah i mean hopefully wishing them all the best just not against dc united i think <laughs> yeah a um, couple other moves here we'll run down real quick. DC United signed Michael DeShields after drafting him fifth overall, so he's with the squad. Um, and then racking up some some Garber bucks here, 125 k in GAM uh, to the Galaxy for discovery rights to Derek Williams, which just the whole concept of discovery rights is a little bit questionable, but then when you're like trading and getting this Monopoly money for calling dibs on a player, it's just so <laughs> MLS. Like. I, I would love to see the database that's like somewhere at MLS headquarters that's like, here's all the players that all the teams have called dibs on. And like, <laughs> who, who, who do teams not have dibs on? <laughs> yeah, I, I, this was one of well, the less. You know that this is one of the less fraudulent ones. Like we actually tried to sign this guy or we were For very, sure. yeah, we were, there were some ones like, Oh, they had Didier Drogba on, on dibs. <laughs> like, okay. Oh yeah. Like uh, I think it was Chicago that had the discovery rights on him when he wanted to come to Montreal. And I'm sure that there's uh, clubs that have discovery rights on Messi and Ronaldo and you know, <laughs> any other big name you can think of, you know, it, there's the limit to how many you can do. You can't just, you know, look at, entire squads and say anyone from this region of italy but uh 
yeah it's a ridiculous process i think that's why i'd like to see the database just to see all the big names who are being yeah. discovered mm. by all the mls teams very discovery is very loose term yeah. <laughs> in the game. Uh, but another 75k uh, uh, the sweet garber cash coming in uh from colorado for mls rights for uh michael edwards uh who's obviously a dc united academy product and, and is coming over from wolfsburg so it's 200k there you you, you kind of got to wonder what they're going to do with all this oh. sweet monopoly money and it, the rumors are having it that i think one of the four of our favorites uh, of, of recent seasons could be coming back to the black and red and titi rodriguez um who i just loved i mean we, we went on a road trip a couple years ago where his mom joined <laughs> us in the stands yeah. it was just on the bus so she drove that's up right um such a fun guy to watch and one of the goals that's been going around twitter was just an absolute rocket off a rooney corner from two years ago and it just like (laughs) to have that type of talent back on this roster it would be so exciting i hope they can get it done i think josh was about to burst your bubble though oh no uh well it's a it's an abductor tear Uh, those were slight reports these aren't uh, you know first tier reporting you know like the athletic here in the u.s Uh, it was just a tweet that i saw retweeted around uh it could be problematic but those aren't like season ending ending they could be a long-term issue but I'm sure the team, maybe we get it for a little bit cheaper. I, I don't see this in the notes, but I want to get it. Uh, Golf is reporting that supposedly DC United could be striking a deal for 50,000 GAM for Lusso's rights. Uh, since you're trying to sign him from Atlas, and it looks uh, DC United have his rights because they, they didn't sell him. Um, <laughs> but they still have his rights, and apparently those rights are worth half a mil. So so that could pile on this, this Garbo buck stash that we're quickly accruing at Audi Field. Trust Josh would have come in with the Lucho news. Did you say 50K or did you say 500K? 500K, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So so half a mil for, for a player we no longer have. <laughs> it's about time that we get something for losing Lucho. <laughs> I'm sure John will say that we lost about halfway through that season, but... Uh... I, I would say that too. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, and, and you wonder, okay, so how much... Uh, I don't actually know how because we, we we had TT on loan the last time, right? Yeah. yeah. Whenever, right? So, what's a transfer look like for for TT? I mean, you, it would be wild if you got him for something around the same amount that you you got for free for Lucho, <laughs> who's not going to come back to play for DC United probably ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I think with TT's loan deal, it, it would have brought him in as a DP player, but I think things have changed i know he's been playing for estudiantes still um but i think uh, maybe you know just like the interest or the hype has died down a little bit so he uh, golf was saying that he might come in at a tam deal and now we have all this you know garber bucks maybe maybe the stars are aligning there and we we could get them without you know seriously hurting our, our deep pockets over here <laughs> uh at dc united it's so, a shame that he can't play center back <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean how do we feel about this like do how do we see him fitting into the system given kind of the the team we already have mm-hmm. <laughs> i i want to make comparisons to edison flores because they both can play on the left wing uh dt actually was pretty productive in that 2019 season uh which was all right i don't feel like we were flying as high as when we in 2018 but we still did all right made it to the playoffs uh he scored six goals three assists uh, I looked at the per 90 and maybe it's not fair to, to Flores because uh, last year was so tough and he was injured some of the time. But 
uh, on a per 90 basis, he generated a, a higher expected goal assist. Uh, th- and so, so this could be a potentially DP level impact on a TAM deal. And that's, that's what you need in this league. Sounds like inner Miami right there. <laughs> oh man. Oh, let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it transfer market, which, you know, take get for what it's worth has this current market value at about 3.3 million. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see, is it potentially another loan deal or is it a full-time, you know, a straight up buy, um, what that looks like? Well, I think the only reason we didn't sign him last time was because they we felt like they were asking for too much, right? We yeah. kind of wanted to. Um, and then his price tag was too high. I don't remember what that price tag was at that point in time. But... Could have been one of those things where they didn't tell us either. It was like, <laughs> <shrouded> in mystery. <laughs> Yeah, I would be thrilled to have TD back. Um, I, I think he brings a lot of energy to the team. I think he brings, you know, a, a lot of potential. It, it's interesting though, because uh, I mean, <sighs> let's let's take Paul out of the equation just for a moment. We'll put him in wingback land or loan or <laughs> hopefully not transfer. Um, but do you have sort of a, an attacking midfield trio then of of uh, uh, TT Yamil and uh, Edison Flores? Flores probably in the middle. Or do you does does uh, Assad continue to kind of shift back more to like an eight role? Like, what does that look like? And I, I don't know. I, I see energy in TT. I, I know that Yamil's got it. I know that Edison's got it. And I, I think energy is kind of synonymous with what I'm thinking Losada wants to put on the field. So I think that's why I'm excited about it. Yeah, and TT is quite a bit younger than those two players. Neither of those two players are. are old but they're on the other side of 25 and tt is just 23 i think uh so that that's a good investment in the club a player that could play uh for us for a while or, or you know move on or, or just stay at, at audi forever uh, I, i'd be excited for either one yeah and i think this is a good like rallying point you know there's a lot of like talk on dc united twitter about like signing people for you know like sentimental value and bringing players back in um, and I don't know that I agreed with all of them, but I think this kind of is a really good meet in the middle of bringing someone who, you know, everyone, you know, the fan base really loved. It's someone we can rally around, you know, we can bring back some of that excitement that we kind of lost last season. Um, but we're still getting like great value and great production on the field. Um, and it's someone who's going to have a positive impact on the field, not just kind of mentality wise for the fans. So you're saying it would potentially oh, be a better signing than Andy Nahar? I love Andy Nahar so much. Let's be so clear about that. Um, I do, yes, think that TT would provide more than Andy would on the field at this point. John, I know, you, I, I know you're looking at my little square on your screen. <laughs> I'm staring right at it. If I speak, I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I fought Twitter battles about this already. I... I Look, I understand nostalgia. I was there in the early to tens. Uh, <laughs> he was a fun player to watch. I, I just don't know. After last season, I cannot deal with injury prone players. Like I, that was so bad. We were so hurt. And Andy just hasn't put together a full season. I'm gonna leave it there. It's it's totally an apples to oranges comparison. Um, I mean, TZ just has so much potential, and and Nahar. I I think the main thing with that was that I I see it pretty risk free. But you're right. I mean, I I wonder what the upside is other than nostalgia. Yeah. 
right? For Andy, you're talking about right now? For, for Andy, yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah, I mean, I, I would love him to see him back in the black and red. I don't know how much that would produce on the field. You know, maybe he'd come back and, like, feel it again and play lights out. I have no idea. Um, but I think that TT more so, you don't have to make as big a leap to the production he's going to give us on the field pretty immediately, I think. And he's, and he's a back. Like, I, I have Kevin Paredes Sharpie down there. Like, <laughs> like he wouldn't even play. <laughs> Everyone join me on the Kevin Freitas hype train. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. Well, I, I do appreciate that they've kind of kept an eye on TT, and it's not just a, okay, you're gone, you, you don't come back. I think that that's interesting to see that their perspective on it, because it seems to have kind of developed rather quickly. You know, Perhaps the change in coaching styles you know, has also affected that. And I think we would have been eager to see Andy come back you know, two years after the last time he left, uh, too. But as far as bringing him back in, I'm sure that there is a number that they could do to make it work that would be, you know, give me no heartburn. But as it is, I don't think he needs to come in on a, a tan deal or anything like that. That would be a, a bit of a stretch for me. Well, the, the other thing that's interesting there that you, you mentioned, uh, Michael, is coming back a year kind of off and out of nowhere, it was almost exactly what happened with Yamil Assad. I mean, it was earlier in the season it was actually kind of at the end of the 2018 or sorry in the 2019 season rather but kind of couldn't get it over the line until the start of the 2020 season but that seems to kind of be the tactic there of dc united get some of these players in and it's like okay well you're gonna try to fleece us for all this money like we're good we'll you can take them back we're not gonna pay that transfer fee and then a year later they come back and it's like Remember when we told you we'd pay you this much? Well, we'll still pay you that much. And now the club's like, okay. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know the, the specifics on it, but it kind of feels like that. I, I would be shocked if DC United is going back and and offering exactly what they could have had the player for the year before when yeah. they were a year older. So you wonder if it's kind of a, yeah, they're keeping an eye on these guys they bring in, and then the club's like, oh, yeah, all right, we'll make it happen. And... John, it's so weird to hear you talk about well, email in a positive light. <laughs> I'm so excited for email this year. Right, I think it's going to be a big year. That's a little bit uh, – sorry, I'd like to cut you off, but that's a little bit of, like, why this makes a little bit more sense is because TT's been playing for yeah. the past year, right? Emil, <laughs> like, difference. sat down <laughs> for a whole year. And then we saw him struggle to really find time on the field, and John very specifically was willing to point out, you know, where his weaknesses were coming into play. Um, and I think we would see that less so for TT because he doesn't have to kind of get back into soccer form. Yeah, and you're coming back into a, you know, a new system like everyone else would be. You know, yeah. I'm all for them making the move soon. You know, and we talked a little bit about it just a minute ago. You know, with Lucho, you know, there were some reports that DC was considering, you know, seeing what it would take to bring him back in. You know, who knows if that developed at all or if he, you know, wasn't interested to come back. Who knows? But, you know, it is interesting to see them going back to the, the well of folks they've already kind of done the work on. Uh, rather than branching out of it, yeah, and they're they're spreading the net as well uh, in the in the European lower leagues. Uh, it feels like every other day, DC United's linked with an attacker from abroad. We got Roberta from the the Belgian league, uh, and then there, there's so many I can't even keep track. There, there's more. <laughs> uh, oh, they signed a couple of players that are now with Loudon. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, uh, hopefully they find some center backs over there. I would love that, but yeah, stay tuned. I know transfer window opens pretty soon, so 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 keep your phone, you know, charged and ready to go. It could be big news for DC United. 
Yeah, it's officially silly season, and I, I was clicking through as, as you were talking through just real quick back on TZ about that's an awesome point about he played a ton in this past year, whereas Jamil did not. I did not realize just how many minutes TZ Rodriguez logged for DC United in 2019. It is mind-boggling. Dude played in 33 of 34 MLS games for us, 2,700 minutes. He played in two Open Cup games, which was 208 minutes because, of course, we went to extra time. And he played in, in the playoff game and went the full 120. Oh, <laughs> this gosh. dude barely missed a minute for DC United in 2019. So uh, different style, different coach. But he was a more important player than I guess I remember in terms of minutes, um, which just has me even more excited about you know potential reliability out of this guy. Yeah, so I think we all co-sign this one. <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> So shifting into sort of what this season is going to look like, I think the last time we talked to you, the CBA drama was still kind of working its way through. Well, it's sorted out. Um, I don't know if anybody's happy other than the owners, but we're at least happy that there's going to be soccer this year. And hopefully we'll have a schedule here in the next couple of weeks. We're here in like mid April is probably the tentative kickoff date. Um, I think what the 17th and then uh, playoffs would be in November, which is, little bit later than normal in MLS Cup, uh, December 11th. Um, USL, Championship League 1, all that stuff starting. Is, is it the Championship 2 or is it just League 1 that's starting in May? Um, I know they just announced the format for the Championship this year, which puts Loudon at a pod where they get to lose to Hartford like eight times again this year, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. That was heartbreaking, though, hopefully. I mean, we have these new signings now, so... Yeah, <laughs> Well, and I, hopefully this year, you know, depending on how things go with testing and vaccinations and whatnot, if players can move a little more freely again between, uh, you know, DC United and, and Loudon, I think that's yeah. going to be really beneficial for, for Loudon and for a lot of players to, to get minutes. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the other thing, which is just complete shenanigans, is the, the Open Cup uh, yeah. nonsense that – has come down this year i love it i love it i want to hear your thoughts john tell tell them uh gosh (laughs) i was gutted last year when the open cup was canceled because i love the open cup i have so many good memories of rainy nightmarish games up at the soccer plex on a wednesday always on a wednesday traffic's horrendous there's nowhere good to get a drink near that place Uh, (laughs) but I just have such good memories, and I was yeah, I'm that guy that has multiple screens up during the early rounds trying to see who we're playing, and it's like some janky high school field with, like, one camera. They're trying to follow it. It's like <laughs> someone's iPhone. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. And then, of course, last year it got canceled. It was the longest-running competition. Uh, and I mean, I, I understand. In the world, it right? It was the longest-running you know? sports uh, running. There were some adjectives that made it, like, the second longest continuous. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah. It was up There's there, though. There's details in there, but we don't need details. <laughs> um, but basically... Yeah, they're not going to let Patrick get the way of the hype. Yeah. <laughs> Every single year for all of time. <laughs> but then they bring it back for this season, and they're like, surprise, it's Open Cup light because, what, eight MLS teams get in? Yeah. Um, which is sort of by definition, you know, not an open cup if not everybody gets in. 
Yeah, but but originally they were going to base what well, they didn't define, but I, I'm hearing reports. I, I was listening to Paul Tenorio and, and Sam Stachel talk about apparently it's going to be the results of the first three games or how you're seated, how those eight teams are decided. <laughs> I saw that. Um, which is better oh. fair than like retroactively picking. I don't Nothing would have made sense. This yeah, the first three games oh, yeah. of this season are, are it's, it's a trip. So, so DC United could be in. Uh, all you got to do is win your first three games, and you're pretty much in. Dude, I hope we get Cincinnati, Chicago, and then, like, Montreal or something. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> no, no, Cincinnati again. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't had the best run against them. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, so and then you join in the round of 16. Uh, so, so three games to get in, and then four games to, to win the final, and then you're in CONCACAF champs. So you could literally make it to the world, like the FIFA Club World Cup, in like a record number of games. <laughs> <laughs> Probably less than in like. And if you are super lucky, you get two years of Conca Champions out of it. If you happen to cancel the tournament in between, somebody mute him. <laughs> Josh was feeling real optimistic this year that not only would DC United qualify, but win the Open Cup and then qualify for Conca Champions. Win that and go to the, Dude, the club world. I'm cup. just saying, Alfonso Davies, watch out. DC United is coming back <laughs> for you and Bayern Munich. Oh, man. I will tell you what. If DC United manages to pull off at a club world cup, we should definitely do a show from on site and you know, provide a lot of coverage of it. Yeah, <laughs> but it is a shame to see the Open Cup move away from that broad format. You know, some of it is what it is. It's COVID. It's, you know, there's restrictions on there, but, you know, just as a soccer fan, being able to watch random uh, bar league team play against you know some of the the giants that you can see every weekend on uh, whatever platform we happen to be streaming on that weekend, it there, there's something special about it, and you know I think we will lose some of that with the, the format this year. I hope they you know, go back to the more inclusive format as soon as possible. But if what they're doing this year is what they have to do to get the tournament in. Yeah, fine let's do it let's make the best of it and move forward yeah i mean i completely agree um i don't know you look back at 2013 and those were all the games we won in 2013 pretty much so you know i, I hate that it kind of depends upon your season play i know you know three games um is not really like depending upon your season play but it's kind of just depending on three games but yeah i mean i hope we we qualify because i john i'm the same i love it i think it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> love it and i was heartbroken I mean, last season or last year we've, we've talked about it before would y'all rather win the supporter shield and then not in the cup or win the open cup oh so shield the, op the open cup nah i'm shield i uh hmm, uh I feel like now I just kind of think the shield is shambolic because you don't play everyone at the same time and it's, you don't even play everybody. So I think I'd say open cup too, but maybe not this year's open cup because you're also not playing everybody. That's some interesting logic for, for saying a tournament is better than an L league where it's unbalanced because you definitely don't play everyone in a tournament. Well, that's what I just said. <laughs> I know, but it's also, you know, when you play Cincinnati 12 times, but you don't have yeah. to play LA galaxy or like LAFC. That's what I meant to say, right? Like, that's that's a very different competition. 
Let's just win both and I call it a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, that's the Black solution. Black said, I'm going to ask this question like and it. win the answer. <laughs> I already know. Uh, but, but I was I'm listening. I think it was uh, filibuster talking about, the, like, if this is going to be a transitional year, it would be cool for DC United to have something like that to go seriously in. Because if, if we're not going to be competing for, you know, maybe the supporter shield, right? Because, because the team is in too much flux. Uh, you could definitely, you know, uh, put full strength into the U.S. Open Cup, and and that would be a fun, fun trip, great first year achievement for for Hernan Lozada. I wonder if that's his mentality, though. It, it'll be interesting. This whole new world. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's an interesting, you know, perspective too. I don't think we have details on what playoffs is going to look like. We don't have a schedule yet. Um, you know, but if it's if this is a year where, and we'll talk more about this in our season preview show, but this is, if this is a year where we go out, take it up in the cup seriously, and then we, you know, find a way to sneak in the playoffs and you know see what happens, I'd, I'd be happy with it. Yeah. Well, and speaking of cockpit champs, new format was announced for that again, again. I, I feel like they change it every couple of years, but fifty teams now, which is great news for MLS teams. More opportunities for MLS teams to get in. But group stages back to the fall, knockout stages back to the spring. I, I think it's 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 good and bad, right? It's it's another opportunity for more MLS teams to to have a shot at, at finally unseating a, a Mexican team. But at the same time, we've seen that the spring knockout rounds is just devastating for for the MLS teams when they're in, you know, basically training camp and, and right about now they would be having to ramp up to play an elimination game in this, uh, you know, intercontinental tournament. So the timing is not great, um, but I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I agree. Timing's not great. I was looking forward to when they kind of shifted it around a little bit. When, when DC United win their first three games and so that they could go on to Open Cup and get a berth into the CONCACAF champs, I'll start paying a little bit more attention. But I've, <laughs> I've basically put it to the side since, what, 2014 was the last time? I don't know. Uh, it's it's been a while for us. It, with the caveat that currently qualifying for a CONCACAF is a little weird because it's still nationally based, but the Canadian teams have their own way in and they have their weird things. I kind of liked it being limited to a couple of MLS teams. I, I don't necessarily think there are eight or ten MLS teams that should be in it. I would like to see it more similar to a European Champions League style where you're playing for that top four and hopefully getting your best in. But all that being said, if it means that there's more soccer to watch, I'm not going to inject. <laughs> Priorities in the right place on that one. <laughs> yeah, so so as we, sorry about that, the screen was getting locked there. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit earlier, obviously, about uh, DJ breaking ground on, on the new training facility, and I, I, I'm... I'm over the moon for this. I, you know, we talked a little bit about it with Jason Levy and uh, at the end of last season, but I just think this is going to be pretty transformational here. And perhaps most importantly, Kevin is going to have a great commute. As <laughs> I love, I love his mentality with that. I love his mentality with that. Not, he's just a kid still. Like he's not thinking about what parents. it means for DC yeah. United. He's like, oh yeah, I can, I can just drive over. Like, <laughs> it's going to suck for I'm the like Maryland guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it'll be great. I, I can't wait. And then the big thing with that is, is the Academy and the first team will all be in the same space. And so the interaction that we've started to see between Loud and United and DC United uh, that has been positive, has gotten people minutes at the level they needed in the moment. You'll, you'll start to see that more and more and more. Uh, it's so huge. And, you know, one of the big things that uh, you hear about all the great managers is that they, they have the tactics all the way down to the youth teams. And, and what a better way to do that than to have the youth teams there on the same fields or, or the, you know, the next field over uh, to really have the same energy and, and you know, you know, mentality during, during these practices. It, it is a huge deal, John, and you're not the only one excited about it. And not just because of the commute. <laughs> yeah, John, John, that's a little bit closer to you now. Like, are you, are you going to be like joining like carpool? I, with I, I think it might be further away. It depends. <laughs> it depends and I, I'll tell you in that area, um, obviously is where Loudon play, like right in the backyard, basically of, of, uh, of where the new training facility is going up. And it sounds like Virginia has pretty much signed off on a, a thousand fans in the stands for uh, the Old Glory rugby team that now plays at Segra, uh, which is, to me, basically means that we can probably expect Loudon and the Spirit to have approximately a thousand fans uh, for when their seasons kick off, which is exciting and potentially an opportunity to, to see live soccer uh, again this year. I think Loudon had fans for a few games last year before covid infections kind of hit the team as a whole and they wrapped up a little early but i think with you know with vaccines you know kind of where they are right now and and warmer weather coming i don't think it's going to be as long as maybe we feared before we can see a, a game in person again and, and i'm just i'm so excited about that do we think there's any chance that the team ends up playing like the first team dc united ends up playing a game out at the you know if for some reason, you know, DC's lagging behind a little bit. I mean, we've seen some positive steps as far as trying to play baseball in the district. You know, if DC United says, oh, we're going to play first couple of games out at Segro Field, I bet they can get some people. Yeah, I I think that one's going to be, man, it, it almost makes me think a little bit of like when the fire were trying to move back to soldier field, but the contract with Bridgeview said like, you got to play all the games here. I'm pretty sure the contract with the district of Columbia says they have to play all the games at Audi field, but you wonder like, okay, but what if, you know, what are the ways around that? And, and do they want to go down that road or would they rather focus their efforts on like, you know, Hey, we can have a thousand people out at a 5,000 seat stadium or, you know, Hey DC, like, let's just put, you know, maybe 2000 in our 20,000 seat stadium here. We can spread them out even better. Is that an option? Um, I don't know. That's it's a, it's a great point. And, you know, I think last year they even talked a little bit about potentially exploring Annapolis again um, when they were trying to figure an option out, but it seems to me like Sega would probably be their first choice. That's not Audi field um, just cause they own it, but I don't know what, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think it would all come down to how many games it is. Um, I mean, if it's, like, one game that DC says no for, like, if, you know, our first home game is, I don't even know when the season starts, but if we have, like, two games in April and they say you can come back in May, then that's probably not going to be worth it, right? But if DC comes back and says you can't have anyone till October, then that's probably more worth trying to figure out how to bring fans in the stands again. Um, so I think it, it will largely be dependent on those details. 
Yeah, and I think what Black mentioned, the, the Nats Park is, is our, you know, the Nationals have already talked to D.C. City Council and they were said no for this month, but like come back next month. Uh, that's the latest I've heard. Uh, and yes, they're in technically in different neighborhoods and, and South Capitol splits them, but I can stand at Nats Park and see Audi Field. So I, I have a good sense that when Nats Park is allowed to have a percentage of fans, that'll transfer over to D.C. United and, and hopefully that soon. So. I don't currently follow nationals on Twitter, but I might just to, just to get my DC United source there. I think it's just super important for everyone to keep wearing your masks and social distancing. And if you can get the vaccine when you're up for it, because that's definitely what's going to get everyone in the stands faster. Um, that'll definitely, you know, get rid of all those restrictions and stuff like that. So a little PSA Absolutely. for you. And we have no idea on the you know intricacies of the, the contracts between the city and you know where the games have to be played. But if there's one term we, as MLS fans, have learned this offseason, it's it's force majeure. So <laughs> figure that out. And let's get back to watching the team play uh, live real soon. From what I learned in contract negotiations in the CBA, it's it's kind of like discovery rights. You can just call it like, hey, <laughs> I see it right there. There it is. <laughs> Oh, man. In other DC United news, uh, four players, four former players, rather, and a team exec are on the, the Hall of Fame ballot. So we have uh, Kevin Payne on the executive side, Mark Rechevery, Jaime Moreno, Tony Sena, and Josh Wolf on the player ballot. Man, the Hall of Fame is just interesting to me, guys. Yeah. It seems like there's just so much drama about how folks can get you know nominated and, and get enshrined. And I'm excited for them. I hope they get through. I, I don't know how much faith I have with what we've seen over recent years. Shambolic that it, it's gotten to this point where, you know, Jaime is on a vet ballot instead of a, you know, come on, like get it done. Uh, Mark Rochevary too. Yeah, yeah. Like how that's, you're not really, how you don't really have a hall of fame if those two players are not already in there. Um, so yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Um, but I think that most people will agree with that statement. So <laughs> Hopefully um, they do make it in and there's a little bit of a turning point. Yeah. Maybe like voting changes or, um, but yeah, I don't yeah. go ahead. Because some tweaks this year. I, I got to admit that I haven't you know, tracked the intricacies of how the, uh, the voting has changed, but I know they have adjusted it a bit this year. So hopefully that does get those guys in there and hopefully we find an appropriate way to recognize those guys contributions at Audi field. Cause build the right statue. We're still woefully <laughs> short. Recognizing the history there. Yeah. I think those banners are still like flapping in the wind somewhat up. <laughs> we got to get that sorted out. <laughs> and finally, another DC United news. Um, strengthening of the staff, uh, ultimately, under, under Hernando Sada. Um, Nicholas Frutos has come in as an assistant coach from Anderlecht. And the team has named uh, Mateus Manuel, I'm sure I butchered that name, as the head of performance. And he was previously a strength coach with the team um, back in the, the mid-2000s. So... Exciting to see him coming back and also, I, I think, just continuing to kind of fill out that sort of training level staff that, that, that brings that next level to the team. Yeah, I agree. I'm really excited. Um, just, you know, turnover is always hard and there's going to be a little bit of kind of getting used to everybody. Um, but I think that it's all really promising. Meanwhile, we've, we've held on to... Certainly not. No, go ahead, please. I'm oh, sorry. 
let's say, you know, meanwhile, we've held on to guys like Chad Ashton and uh, Zach Thornton. So, you know, good to have a little bit of continuity there. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a, a transition year in a lot of ways, but hopefully one that can yield some, you know, maybe even a trophy. Uh, <laughs> the last, but certainly not least, or I don't know, depending on how you look at it, maybe. Uh, the, the team unveiled the marble jersey as the new away jersey on uh, February 12th. And I, I don't know, despite some incredible uh, videography by the, the team's media department that, that's always doing great things, it just seems a little lackluster to me, and it, it seems like a jersey that it's another white jersey, which you know you can blame on the league in a lot of ways. Um, it looks very much like an FC Dallas jersey, in my opinion. But I, I have you guys seen it in person? Because I, yeah. I've heard some rumors that it's better in person. There's it's, a, yeah, go, go ahead. It's better up close in person, definitely. But that's not how you're going to be watching them, right? You're going to watch, be watching them run around from a great distance. Um, so I, I think that overall the appearance is still going to be like a plain white and apparently red and blue jersey (laughs) um so yeah i wish it were a little more defined um i also wonder a little bit you know a if we hadn't just had a plain white jersey right like if we had had something a little bit cooler for our last away kit and then we brought this in i wonder if people would be a little bit more open to it and b obviously people have been asking for this cherry blossom jersey for years and years and years now so if there weren't there wasn't already something that everyone really wanted. You know, I think regardless of what it looked like, it probably wouldn't have fallen short. And the comments still would have been, but what do we have to do to get a cherry blossom jersey? So, you know, there, there were there were cherry blossoms in the, in the pictures, um, which some people pointed out. So perhaps that's a little, you know, probably just reaching right now, but maybe that's a, a little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm tired of, you know, every time these jerseys come out, we hear... Well, you know, there's there's an 18 month lead time. It takes a year and a half. You know, these designs went in, you know, before last season even you know got thought of. I'm I'm tired of hearing that, yeah. you know, because at a certain point, that doesn't excuse the fact that, in the end of the day, it still looks like a white t-shirt. Yeah, you know, we've been complaining about this for more than two years. So. <laughs> That's all I'm just saying. Yeah, we've been complaining about it for longer than that lead time. So what now? <laughs> well, man. So oh. until they find a way to answer that issue, uh, it, it's it's tough for me to justify, you know, thinking about Jersey. Will I still do it? Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Or it's just is is kind of wild to me though. Like I don't know what we're doing with the blue shorts. I yeah. think I think the the red shorts would have gone with it. Like what? Why, where are the blue shorts? Yeah, I think I. This is a whole different conversation, but I think it, it gets into, like, is D.C. black and red, or do you think about D.C., the capital, red, white, and blue, America, right? And I think that three years it's been oh, the black and red, and then I think that was kind of the thinking of, like, the red, white, and blue. Because, um, you know, that's what all the other sports teams in D.C. have, right? That's their colors are red, white, and blue. Um, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying, like, from a marketing business perspective, it's very interesting because I think those are two different mar- okay i could go down a rabbit yeah. hole so i'm just gonna stop i don't know uh, i don't know I, I think they went with blue shorts because the the lettering on the back has to be a darker color and so they went with the blue instead of the red and, and you know maybe it yeah, could have been black that I mean, matches up with the still could have been red and black the fact that they picked the blue over the black oh we'll see yeah it's true i don't know they could have done red though i mean i know i know a a, a very northeastern european or English team that has red lettering on the back. Yeah, you can't read them though. (laughs) 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 Oh man. 
They're, they're cool I mean, though. It, it, especially when you've seen other teams that have taken some risks. Like I think yeah. we saw the you know, the Portland jerseys that have kind of a mismatch. Oh yeah. We're not going to get into a, a jersey review of everybody in the league, but you know you've seen some other folks trying to mix it up. Atlanta going with black and red, which would look like a very good jersey for DC United. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's tough when you see some other squads taking risks, and we have the nice black shirt that John's wearing and the nice white shirt that we'll probably end up picking up at some point. <laughs> that Philly jersey is just fire, though. Because it was, like, plan, it was oh. fan fan designed, so shouts to whoever made that happen. I think Adidas has already said it's not happening again because <laughs> everyone around the league thought, can I do that? Like, how do I how do I get on that bandwagon? Adidas said it's not happening again because they don't like money. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yes, let's not get into the marketing business aspect of it. <laughs> Many thoughts. Well, I guess we can wrap things up by talking a little bit about our plans for the next couple of months as we gear up for the season here. Um, obviously, as, as longtime listeners know, we're primarily a, a post-game show. That's that's kind of how we got started. That's what we do best, we think, um, <laughs> and that's what we that's what we enjoy the most. So. We will definitely have uh, a season preview show, which was quite lengthy last year. I'm sure it will be again this year, probably sometime right after the schedule comes out. So we can talk a little bit about, you know, how, how tough is this road going to be this year and, and maybe anticipate when we might have some away days or some opportunities to get to Audi Field. And, and we'll talk through everything in, in detail. And the other thing that we hopefully will have a chance to do um, is maybe a show after a preseason game. I know that uh, streaming is always challenging in the preseason for reasons that escape me but i hope that we have the opportunity to not only watch multiple if not all preseason games this year um and also potentially do a show after one because i know that's that's something that you know not every fan takes the time to watch and i totally understand that but perhaps you'll take the time to listen to us as we break it down and uh and tell you what you missed yeah preseason's always interesting (laughs) um yeah, I think that was a great summary. Um, we'll definitely yeah, be coming at you with those shows. Um, and then we'll be back to our, like you said, regularly scheduled after every DC United game uh, show, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, ho- hopefully we'll be able to see some people eventually, you know, with things opening back up, um, potentially a live show. Obviously we want to get back to doing them at Audi Field, you know, potentially we can be creative and do some one of them somewhere else if it makes sense um you know if you have ideas let us know um but the other thing i wanted to to add john was um across the pond do you want to <laughs> yeah absolutely uh so across the pond um continues to support us i think the promo code is still probably active if you want to save <laughs> uh, a few percent off your bill uh, using the promo code podcast um but they've got uh, all the games, all the food. They got a great gluten-free menu. They got all kinds of beers on tap. Um, so give them give them a shout if you're in the in the Dupont Circle area, or if you're looking for a good Irish meal. St. Patrick's Day is only a week or so away. Um, so <laughs> check it out. Yep, yeah. dine in, carry out. They've got outdoor dining. Um, they take the COVID protocol very seriously. Yeah. Anything else we missed, guys? Players are back. It's about to start again. Let's go. I'm super excited. Uh, it was a great talk with Kevin Paredes. Uh, so thankful for him for taking the time again. Uh, I just love his energy. And it seems like he's he's in the zone. And hopefully the rest of the team is. Yeah, it's 
it's going to be a great season this year in, in, in many ways, hopefully in the record column as well. <laughs> but we appreciate you joining us for the season two premiere, uh, and we'll be back shortly. So stay tuned to social media. We'll let you know when you can catch us again. Um, but in the meantime, tell a friend about the show. And uh, if you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. Throw us a like on all the socials, and um, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night, everyone. Could you see me?